Hey, gather round. It's a Northern Miner podcast minor moment. Welcome to the Northern Miner Podcast Miner Moment number nine. I'm your host, John Cumming, Editor-in-Chief of the Northern Miner. And yes, we're bringing back the Miner Moments. You uh, may recall them from a few months ago. These are quick hit, uh, five to ten minute episodes, just something that stands out because our podcasts are getting uh, so long, they're up up to an hour now. Uh, These may be original or pulled out of the podcast, and uh, this is a bonus. This is in addition to our regular uh, weekly schedule. So in this case, at that uh, Canadian Mine Symposium, listening to the Battery Minerals panel and uh, also just listening to the podcast uh, yesterday, I thought that was very interesting. We had uh, Lance Hooper there from the Cobalt Blockchain, and he had a lot to say about artisanal cobalt mining in the DRC, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and that's such a hot topic now. You know, CNN is doing documentaries. You've got Amnesty International. So you have these, uh, you know, in many cases, NGOs. They have a very ideological bent. They may be George Soros-funded, um, you know, attacking the seasonal mining. So I thought this was very interesting because you have uh, Lance Hooper, who in some ways a family business with the metal trading. They've been in the DRC for 15 years. So uh, you know, this is you know feet on the ground, uh, hands-on approach. Uh, so we have uh, Lance. I'm just excer- excerpting from the panel what Lance has to say about artisanal mining in the DRC, and then we have a woman from the audience. Uh, I'm not sh- exactly sure who she is, but uh, she asks about uh, perceptions of the DRC, and uh, Lance answers that. So uh, this will be a quick hit on the DRC artisanal cobalt mining. We've been involved with, uh, I've been working with my father, Peter Hooper, who's a, a mining engineer. We've been involved with traditional exploration and development projects around the world. A two million ounce gold discovery in the northeast of the Congo, a hundred million pound uh, uranium project in Peru that also has some lithium in it. Uh, but yeah, the last three and a half years I've been in the Congo specializing in sourcing conflict-free metals, which is tin, tantalum, tungsten. Really, we're metal traders, metal concentrate traders. We in the supply chain, we're the intermediary between artisanal mine sites and our off-taker, which is Traxxas Europe. Ultimately, this is a, a massive business in, in Africa and South America. When you look at Congo alone, it employs about 2 million people directly. It's responsible for 100% of tin, tantalum, tungsten, diamonds, about 20% of copper cobalt in that one country alone. And 20% of the, the cobalt market represents more than a billion-dollar industry. We think there, it's an interesting model with, with our cobalt uh, initiative here. We've, uh, this is a, we've vended in our private DRC subsidiary into, into this new TSX-listed project called Cobalt Blockchain. And ultimately, we're, we've been moving pretty quickly, but we're two months away from uh, realizing our first uh, container load of ethically sourced cobalt. And it's very different, you know, traditionally in exploration project last years uh, to put a mine in place takes even longer if you're lucky enough to find a, an economic uh, deposit. So 
We're, we're going to continue trading in tin, tantalum, tungsten. We're adding copper, cobalt to the mix. Uh, by June, as I mentioned, we'll be uh, ready to, to sell our first material. Beyond that, we're in the world of three Ts, tin, tantalum, tungsten. It's, they've been considered conflict minerals because in the northeast of the Congo, uh, that's historically where you've seen conflict. And it was actually U.S. legislation, the, the Dodd-Frank Act, that effectively told SEC issuers that they have to report annually. If they're using these elements in their products, uh, they need to provide an annual report to make sure that they know where it came from and they know under which conditions it was produced. So out of that came the OECD due diligence guidance on responsible mineral supply chains. And that's ultimately resulted in on the ground, each mine site, uh, there's an annual audit done there's ongoing monitoring, and it's really to ensure there are no kids working in these mines, there are no armed groups benefiting, there are no government actors imposing illegal taxes, and there's baseline workplace health and safety uh, environmental practices. So the copper cobalt belt in, is in the south of, of the Congo, uh, bordering the Congo-Zambian border. Historically, there's been no conflict. So what we're doing at the moment in conjunction with our trading business is layering in traceability. It's really an attempt... The DRC has had a bad rap the last year and a half, uh, mainly reports put out by Amnesty International looking at child labor in these mines. And we visited uh, a number of these sites over the last four months. It's an exception, but there's a lot of negative publicity about cobalt coming out of artisanal sites in the Congo. And really, it's on us to solve that problem. It's a very solvable problem. We're implementing uh, a new system. It's going to involve international third-party actors, so there, there's validation. And ultimately, we're trying to certify this as ethically sourced material. Underlaying this due diligence protocol, we're going to be putting it on a blockchain. It's a fantastic use case for this new technology that allows, really, it's a distributed database. And that buys you better security, better immutability, uh, more transparency. So it's a better better mousetrap. And ultimately, it's going to allow car manufacturers, electronic companies to have greater visibility into where their product comes from. Phase two is to actually look at monetizing that, monetizing good behavior and actually assigning, letting the market assign a value to that. It's of interest in the artisanal small-scale world, but we've certainly had early conversations with a large gold producer in Canada. Their argument is that they receive the same dollar per ounce of gold as a mine that doesn't have, doesn't operate the, the highest international standards for workplace health and safety, environmental practices, community engagement, all of these things that they spend a tremendous amount of time and money on, there certainly should be some value to that. So that's coming, that's in the future. But uh, ultimately, we're a metal trading business, but also we, we certainly see great appetite for, for mineral traceability above and beyond just African and small-scale mining. April 6th, we announced uh, our initial supply agreement with one of the largest mining cooperatives in Lualaba province, which is the epicenter of large, uh, large-scale large high-grade cobalt planet uh, projects on the planet. So ultimately, it's a supply agreement. It sounds small, but it's 40,000 tons uh, on an annual basis. The average grade will be about 3-4%. This is what artisanal miners sell to us. They produce it by hand. Ultimately, that's going to be about 1,500 tons of cobalt, which is about 1% of, of the world market. Uh, and that's on our initial supply agreement. So we've had a nice run the last uh, few months. Uh, we've got a $50 million market cap. But if you do the fundamental valuation on that one contract alone, really it's worth about uh, $50, $50 million in free-flowing cash on an annual basis. So that's part of our objective is to grow our supply agreements, but also bring online. We've certainly staked some ground. We have about 50 square kilometers of highly prospective uh, copper cobalt ground in the Congo. 
and will augment supply from artisanal uh, stream with uh, mechanized production as well. How do you deal with the perception that all that comes with DRC is negative in regards to corruption or child labor or conflicts? Because this can ultimately affect your supplier agreements and the trading activities that you are actively involved in. Yeah, it's a great question. And really, I think there are, there are two choices you can make with the Congo. It's a country that we've grown to love over the last 12 years. It certainly has its challenges. But in terms of what we're doing now and the perception that all artisanal material is bad and it involves child labor, certainly not the case from our, our perspective. Uh, but there are two approaches. Uh, you can disengage, let it rot, blame the government, uh, blame the local incumbent partners, or you can engage responsibly. There's a problem, uh, there's a solution. Quite an easy so solution in our, our view. But yeah, it's, every country has, has political risk. Um, there's certainly all kinds of ways to mitigate that. Most countries have corruption, including this one in Canada, the Charbonneau Commission, if you want to look at construction in Canada, every country has it. And there are two sides to the corruption point. It takes someone who asks and someone who pays. And you don't need to, you don't need to participate in that realm if you don't want to. And it's a, a very slippery slope if you, if you do. Congo is the size of Western Europe. It's a massive country. It's got nine bordering countries and it's regionally very different. Uh, there's still about 20,000 UN peacekeepers in the country, but they're up in the Kivus, up in the northeast of the country. If you come down to Katanga, Lualaba province, the infrastructure is, is drastic different. You've got paved roads, you've got power, you've got cell phones that work almost everywhere, and you don't see any UN peacekeepers there. So to paint the, the Congo with one brush, I think, is a mistake. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a workable country, and if you want evidence, look at the billions of dollars of direct foreign investment that have flown in over the past number of years, and we'll continue to do. This is a mineral-rich country, and it needs responsible, uh, responsible partners that want to engage with communities, with the provincial government, with the federal government on a different level. And that's it for the quick hit minor moment. See you next time.